This is Football 401k. Broadcasting on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now your hosts, Bo Repka and R.J. Choppy. Welcome to the week one edition in the NFL of the Football 401k. This will be week two for college. We have got a great show in store getting ready for Cowboys Tampa. Uh, we're going to be getting ready for week one of the NFL season and, of course, uh, the second week of college football, which is going to have a couple of top 10 matchups or top 12 matchups, uh, as it may be. I'm RJ Choppy uh, from 105 Through the Fan, of course. That is Bo Repka, uh, and we have an absolute great set of games to pick on uh, for this week. And, of course, we're going to have Bo, the pizza money parlay later on, which we do love. And that's just a very simple, it's like a $10 bet. It's the price of a pizza. Very, very easy. We're going to have that for you uh, coming up. But first off, Bo, uh, Football 401k, what do we have looking at? Let's just uh, preview the Tampa and the Cowboys game. Uh, Because I think conventional wisdom across the country, uh, I shouldn't say that. Conventional wisdom among Cowboy fans that the Cowboys are going to get beat soundly. I love the Cowboys plus eight in this one. Either they are a massive live dog. Uh, maybe that's just homery of me, and that's I'm totally comfortable with that. But I think plus eight, it's an easy play. I think we are completely overreacting to their title run that they had in recency bias. When we look back, they were they were a good, not great team during the regular season. Yeah, I mean, for sure I agree with that. There's always a little bit of recency bias with the champs. Of course, they're generally favored. Pretty big time coming out the first game if, you know, everything remains pretty close to the same, which it did. The only question is, have we ever seen a Super Bowl team be this close to the same? Because they literally got everybody back down to their last coach. Like, everybody came back to stick with Swami Boy to try to run it back. Uh, I think the bigger story to me on this one, I like your live dog instinct. That's always going to be my instinct. The bigger story to me on this one is just basically the movement in this game. So remember it opened at six and a half, right? Way back in April, mm-hmm. uh, six immediately, you know, a lot of money coming in on, on the Cowboys side. And then it floated back to around six and a half. And that's where it settled as we opened camp. And then the DAC kind of whispers started happening about, Oh, maybe he's got a short shoulder and moved to seven. Then all of a sudden he's out. Right. And it moves to eight. Well, then now he's back in, it moves to seven and a half. And then the other day, Zach Martin obviously gets announced out. With COVID, it moves back to eight. So we can safely say that Zach Martin's worth half a point. At least we know that now for sure from Vegas. I've always wondered that with guards. I know they're not as much worth as much as tackles. But I will tell you this, boys and girls, if Zach Martin is worth half a point, then your guard for whatever your favorite team, it's not the Cowboys, is not worth nothing. I'll tell you that right now. Because that dude's only worth half a point. It's safe to say your yeah. guard is not worth anything. Unless it's Quentin Nelson. It's <laughs> about it, right? Quentin Nelson yeah. is about the only yeah. one. You know, because because here's the other thing. It got up to nine and a half at Caesars in, in August, August 21st. Um, that that seems really, really high. Um, yeah. Really, really high. All that had it like that. The only reason why they would have got like that is because they just got way too leveraged on uh, Tampa Bay and they needed cowboy money big time to come in on the other side of the books to get them back leveraged. Because you got to remember at the end of the day, um, you know, all the books want is a basically a net zero risk market. That's all they want. 
if they had 50% of the money on both sides, that's all they want, right? So if they get too leveraged one way or the other, if some, you know, they take a $2 million bet, I'm not saying that's what happened, if they took a lot of money on Tampa Bay, they raise it up so they can get everybody that wants to bet the Cowboys, they'll come shop them right in town to get that money back leveraged mm-hmm. on the other side. They don't care who wins or who covers. They just don't want to be liable, too liable on one side or the other. Yeah. That's their only goal, period. So, and I, and I agree. And that's why, you know, you wonder, well, how do they make money? Well, they make money on the juice. That's what, they, that's what they're making their cash up. You know, they're getting, if they have 2 million players at 10 bucks, let's just say it's a hundred dollar bet at 10 bucks a pop. I mean, that's a free, that was, uh, my math is terrible, but that's, uh, that's like $20 million on 2 million bets at a hundred, 110 a pop, that they've just pocketed. Yep. And then they have to do with at their dispense. So you wonder how they make money. They ain't dumb. Uh, so with well, this. To clarify, the Bucky's are not the smartest guys in the world, but almost all of them drop Cadillacs. And that vigorous is the reason why. That 10% yeah. is there every time. Every <laughs> time. Every single time they're getting at least 10% in the pocket. Um, yep. Okay. So if, if, uh, if you were to take a look at this game, do you like the Cowboys plus eight? Do you like Tampa? Plus the, if you were, uh, and I don't even know if you have this, if you have this on your official betting card or not. Uh, how, how, how do you, how do you look at this game? Because I look at this and I'm like, all right, you know, Tampa's going to get a little bit overinflated. The Cowboys are always going to get overinflated, so that should be a wash, right? Cowboys are always overinflated because they're fan base, and 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 the champs are always overinflated. Tom is is Tom. They're bringing everybody back. Their defense is very good. Cowboys defense is very bad. We we definitely can't stop their receivers. Nobody can stop the Cowboys receivers. Like let's right. be fair. If, if Dak is healthy, uh, and then last year Tampa was one in five against playoff teams and ten and zero against everybody else. Right, and then they went on the run, obviously in the playoff. Yeah, uh, I think where I'm at in this game, it's it's going to have to come down to what do you really believe, you know, is Dak's health. And it's not like if Dak, I understand Dak's healthy. I understand he's going to play football. I understand he's going to play all four quarters. His arm's not going to fall off. He's got two legs. I don't mean like healthy, not going to play. I mean, the reason why this line moved and the reason why, it's not just this line. If you look at their season total, you know, they were at nine and a half wins. They're down to nine. If you look at the divisional odds, they went from 120 minus 125, which is, implied like 55 percent win probability for the division they're down to plus 110 that's down to 45 percent implied you know probability to win the division so it's not just this game right it's not just the week one that's moving it's their season total it's a season long ramifications on this and the only reason why that market would move like that because those longer odds like that are sharper markets than probably game to game per se until you get to the super bowl that's that's not a sharp market at all but the rest of the futures generally are. It's uh, not a lot of public betting. They don't. Public doesn't want to tie their money up for, you know, six months to wait to collect a bet. Maybe, maybe not. But a lot of sharp money will get tied up in that. In fact, it's part of their strategy. It's part of our strategy, and how we get paid uh, year to year. So some of the division tolls are some of the easiest bets on the board, honestly. So if you're looking at those markets moving, that just tells me that the in the sharp community, you know, they are more pessimistic on Dak's overall outlook for the season, right? Not that he's not going to play, mm-hmm. not that he won't play every game, but there's always going to be a scale to how good is somebody. And you got to understand what is the what is the size of that scale? Is it 
that, you know, going to be 50% of what he was, that might be the very, very bottom of that scale. Chances are he's going to be way better than that. Or the scale's all the way to 100. That could be 100% of what he was before. Again, the chances of that are very, very slim, too. So I doubt he's going to be 50%, and you doubt he's ever going to be 100% again. So what is he going to be, right? That ankle is surgically repaired. Your body never heals the same it did before something like that. Is it 95%? Is it 75%? I don't know. Nobody knows that, right? We're not doctors, and I don't think anybody knows that, including Dak himself, until he gets out on the field and what he can and can't do. But what it's telling you is the market is pessimistic overall on what everything is building up to. And I think more on the arm piece of it, people are more pessimistic because, you know, they called it a baseball injury. They consulted the baseball teams. Well, as a has-been, wannabe old ball player myself, I know the only time your shoulder really gets injured is when your base isn't steady. Either, you know, you've been neglecting your legs, your mechanics get off, or you have a lower body injury, something like that, and that puts more of a strain because your body's going to do naturally, you know, choppy. If you're going to throw that 15-yard out, you throw it once, and you're a little short, like, well, I'll do it again, and your body will cough. You'll make the throw. I mean, he's an NFL athlete. He can make that throw, and he will make the throw, but now he's going to put more strain on, you know, other muscles. He's not used to straining to do that because maybe his bottom and his core is not helping him out. And again, that's, that's all, you know, maybe, maybe not, but definitely the market is leaning to a more pessimistic on Dak. And again, not that Dak won't be healthy or he won't play or even not be effective. It's just, is he going to be as effective? Because in a team against a team like Tampa, you know, eight points is a lot of points, but if Dak's not a hundred percent, which he's probably not going to be, you know, I don't know if it's enough points. I think at this point, to me, I'm either Tampa or pass. I'm probably leaning towards pass. Just because it's week one, there's no need, no real reason to bet the unknowns in week one. But we're going to learn a lot in this first week, and I'm really excited to see uh, what Dak is capable of and how the Cowboys look on offense for sure. Yeah, if Dak is healthy, uh, you know, and, and I do think that there's a look, the ankle will never be 100% again, like the way it was before. But can he play at 100% with it the way right. it is? And I think he probably can't. Like, he's not a long jumper. He doesn't need the ankle mobility of, like, a long jumper. <laughs> uh, he needs <laughs> – like, Tom Brady had a ripped-up ACL. He came back to 100%. Um, yeah. You know, Peyton Manning had a neck fusion, and and I guess he came back to 100%. I mean, he won an MVP. So, I mean, I guess, I guess. Aaron Rodgers – I don't remember Aaron Rodgers having, like, a crippling injury like that. Um, is all he's had. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, you know, but he has certainly come back to 100%. Um, so, I mean, I, I think he can happen. It depends. You know, Chad Pennington never did, but he had a torn rotator cuff. Right. And that's that to me is a real issue. So, I, I think the Cowboys are a good dog at eight. Um, I'm going to bet that Dak is 100%. Um, I don't believe well, in the like, single If you like, uh, if everybody wants to follow shopping, you like the Cowboys, here's what I will say. I would bet them now. Because I do see this line moving back to seven and a half before kickoff. I think, uh, I think at the very minimum, even if it doesn't move to seven and a half, they're going to charge you. They're going to start charging you the um, minus one thirty. Yeah. You know, to get that eight, the closer to kickoff. Uh, this also might be a good teaser game for Tampa if you want to throw that in there. Take it to two. You know, uh, I mean that, that's that's what that's what it's built in for. It's made for yep. the NFL, not for college. So, um, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay, so there's a uh, there's a little Cowboys preview for you. 
Uh, we have got an NFL and a college preview uh, still to come. This is the Football 401k. Welcome back to the Football 401k. I'm RJ Choppy. He is Bo Repka, and we've got some really, really, really good games here in the National Football League. Uh, plus, how to deal with NFL Week 1 overreactions, because you know you're going to have this between Week 1 and 2, and we're probably going to see that in college here. Uh, well, we definitely saw it uh, if you played Week 0, but we're definitely going to see it this week in college football. But, Bo, let's take a look at a couple of the games that we think the Lions are just uh, just a little bit off on. Uh, and the first one is Jacksonville minus 3 against Houston. Houston is, um, God, what's that word? Awful. And, and, and Jacksonville, you know, they've, I'll be honest with you. They've got decent playmakers on the outside. Yeah, they do. Uh, and And a quarterback. Maybe we'll see. They they drafted a quarterback. That is accurate. Uh, we'll see how good he is. Um, I, I'm not a scout, but all the ones that I know or that, uh, you know, I hear on the radio and the TV that seem to know what they're doing. They all think he's going to be pretty good. So I'll trust their judgment on it. But, yeah, Jacksonville is minus three at Houston. This line is off by three points. That's with all things being equal. What I mean by all being things being equal, not being week one on the road for your first NFL start. Now, in week eight, all things are probably equal. This game is a pick em. But for now, we're getting three points as a home dog versus a rookie road starter. Arjun, in the history of the NFL, number one overall picks are 520-1 and one, straight up in their first starts as a quarterback. That's 20% winning trend. And you know, on this show, we don't bet on outliers. So right. him winning the game in Houston would be an absolute historical outlier. It is hard enough to win betting on football when you bet with the data you surely don't bet against it, right? So, yes, I know Houston is terrible. They're literally the worst team in the NFL. And they might not win a game all season. But if they do, it is going to be this game. Just like Jacksonville last year, which we'll get to in a minute in the week one overreaction. But, yeah, they, Houston is starting out ranks where we had Jacksonville last year preseason ranked. Jacksonville ended up being the worst team in the league. And Houston will be the same. However, week one is week one. And this line is too much. Okay, so repeat that line. Number one picks at quarterback have yep. won five games in the on the road in their opener. Just their opening game, period. They've won five opening games, period, in the history of the NFL. First start, your number one overall pick, five, 20, and one. Wow. Yeah. So not, not, and again, Trevor Lawrence could go out there and lose and stink and everybody wants to bury him, but it's just par for the course. Like it's, everybody's going to overreact either way. If he goes there and blows him out by four touchdowns, he makes me look like an idiot. Everybody's going to say, Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. If he goes out there and throws four picks, he's going to be, you know, the next Ryan Lee. Neither, neither of it means either one of those things, but that's just how we do in football. We overreact to everything, especially week one. Again, we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah, this line is, so Tyrod Taylor to uh, Deshaun Watson, that's six points downgrade, right? Last year, this game in Houston was Houston minus six and a half. So that would be Houston minus half a point. And then they're getting another point this year that you didn't get last year for home field. So it'd be really one and a half. 
Now, if you want to say Trevor Lawrence on hope alone is one and a half point upgraded from Gardner Minshew, fine, I'll give it to you. That makes it an even game right there. These three points are our three points, and Houston should take full advantage of this. So this line is off by three points. Yeah, because if, if Deshaun was playing, there's no way this is a pick em. No. It's Houston minus three. Actually, it'd be Houston minus probably three and a half, but we'll say three just to be safe. Yeah. So if Deshaun was playing, it'd be Houston. I mean, there's no way. There's no way. Uh, so I, I, I totally agree with you on that one. Uh, I do think, though, that maybe that they were giving Tyrod too much. I don't know. This is an interesting one. I, I would be my, my initial reaction is to take Jacksonville here. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me back that. If, let me correct myself. If Sean Watson was playing, it'd be Houston minus six. Excuse me. Not minus three, minus six. It'd be minus three from what the line is now. All things being equal, what the line should be if Watson was in there, they would be six point favorites. Hmm. Okay. Very good. Uh, Kansas City minus six against Cleveland. Kansas City minus six. So I am puzzled by this one because there's an upgrade, downgrade situation here that I don't quite understand. Like last year in the playoffs, Cleveland was a seven and a half point dog in Kansas City. Now it's six. So where did that extra point and a half go? Like, did Cleveland get better on defense? Because they stunk last year. I didn't see him get any better this year, this offseason. Did Baker grow three inches on us? I didn't, I didn't see that in any of the commercials or anything he does. So I didn't hear about that. Now, I do understand the Kansas City offensive line situation. If you're going to tell me that they drop a point and a half for that, I guess I won't argue with you too much, but I think that's extreme considering the replacement level that these guys that they've got. I mean, they brought guys back from COVID. They, you know, invested money in guys and from every, and again, I'm not a scout. I'm not a talent guy. I just know numbers, but all the talent guys and scouts and everybody that I listen to, they all say these offensive linemen are going to be just as good as the ones that they lost last year in Kansas City. So if we're talking about the same offensive line, again, I'm not sure what, mm-hmm. What happens if it, is it because they think it's going to take a few games to come together? I mean, maybe. But my main hang-up is this, is not only am I getting Kansas City at a discounted price, which, first of all, you never get Patrick Holmes at a discounted price. So, you know, that's, that's value in and of itself. But nobody plays September choppy ATS like Coach Andy Reid. Last year, you know, we kept saying from about – uh, about the midway point that Kansas City wasn't covering spreads and we kept reminding everybody on this program that if you don't cover spreads overall, you're not going to win the Super Bowl, right? One team in 20 years has done it, and Kansas City finished 9-19 and ATS last year, which is terrible. However, three of those nine wins were in September. And in fact, Choppy, since 2018, Andy Reid is 10-2 ATS in the first month of the season. Just like he's fantastic off the bye, he is fantastic to open season. He doesn't just win, he covers, and he covers big. So swallowing less than a touchdown here at home seems pretty tasty to me, especially yeah. seeing how square of a dog Cleveland is lining up to be with everybody wanting to line up to bet on them. Lots of so-called experts, you know, lining up to take them at a premium price. You're taking Cleveland at a premium price, and you're getting Kansas City on the discount. I'll take the better coach and the better quarterback on the discounted price every single time. Yep, totally about- agree. This one is 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 winking at me. It's up there on the board. It's winking. That's what it's doing. <laughs> there's no, there's I'm not and I, and I'm taking the bait. 
I'll take Kansas City with you right there. Uh, okay. Yep. Uh, after this week is over, we are going to see the biggest. This is the biggest swing of the year. No, nothing will get you, I think, in a better position to really take advantage of casinos uh, or Vegas in general or whatever your whatever your book is than the week one overreaction. How do you how do you handle these? That's a great point. Uh, take advantage because here's one is these guys have to set a marketplace to what the market's going to bear. And the public will drive this market just crazy after this week. So it's going to take a few weeks for, you know, the books to get back in line. And because of that, it is really a sharp kind of paradise for the next few weeks after week one. So for example, what we're talking about or what, just for example, how this works, so what you want to do as a player is do not overreact because the market will do that for you. The best example is last year we talked about Jacksonville, week one, right? Mm-hmm. Now we get Jacksonville plus the seven versus Indy. We didn't call that they were going to win, but they did win. And because of that, well, Indy, because the public knew how terrible Jacksonville was supposed to be, Indy loses to them. Indy gets downgraded so badly by the public in the marketplace that the books have to set the line so low at such a discounted price. Indy covered the next three straight games by a combined 34 and a half points above ATS expectations, not just total points above wow. the spread plus 34 and a half points. So in other words, they beat Vegas by over 10 points a game because the public saw them lose week one to the worst team in football and on the flip side of that, Jacksonville, who was supposed to be the worst team in football, which, by the way, they were the worst team in football. It's the only game they won all season. But because of that, week two, they covered that game. And then they didn't cover again for another six weeks because the public's like, oh, these Jacksonville, they're scrappy. They got something. This Gardner Minshew, he's funny. Let's look at him. Let's bet them. Let's... And they became the darling, the public darling dog. For the next six weeks, they didn't cover a game again for six wow. weeks. Wow. on that side of it. But again, if you know where to get in after this week one, really bad teams are going to play really good football games, really good foot, football teams. Andy was a really good football team last year. Couldn't tell after week one, right? But no. you have to trust our ratings going into the season. You have to trust your feelings, what you think is going to happen. And then you get you cannot – too much from your data you know you have to adjust it but it has to be distributed property properly your adjustments do all season long and weighted properly and if you don't know what i'm talking about right now or you have no clue or don't have power ratings just hit me up on twitter at fgh vegas and i'll fill you in so don't worry about that part of it but that's that's the number one lesson is do not overreact to week one the market will do that for you what your job as the player is to come in and take advantage of the overreaction or underreaction of the entire marketplace, which is it's a nut after the first week. It's so much fun. Uh, it is. It is a ton of fun. I think you can really take advantage of things uh, between this week, uh, between week one and week two. It, it, to me, it's it's so my two favorite betting weekends of the entire year, sweet 16, because you have an idea of how the teams are playing in the NCAA tournament. And then week two of the NFL season. Those are my two favorite weeks of the year. Uh, to bet on, and then the NFL playoffs. I think you could. I think I have a really good idea uh, when those come around too. So, 
Uh, we will get into college football. We got our pizza money parlay as we do uh, every week and our, our best bets in college football. I'm RJ Choppy. He is Bo Repka at FGH Vegas on Twitter. This is the football 401k. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back to Football 401k. Welcome back to the Football 401k. I'm RJ Choppy at RJ Choppy on Twitter. That is Bo Repka at FGH Vegas on Twitter on that little bird. Tweet, tweet, little birdie. Tweet, tweet. Time now for a little college football. We've already had week zero. We've already had week one. Week zero is really awful. Uh, hey, first off, what stood out to you last week uh, in week one of college football? Man, just the lack of dominance by Oklahoma. I thought was pretty telling as a 30-point favorite. And you got the venue shifted to your home stadium, right? The other team was in total disarray, and yet they come in and really hang with you and give a football game. And Spencer Rattler, he was the odds-on favorite, which always you know makes my ears perk up for the Heisman. I mean, he's not going to be the odds-on favorite playing like that, I can promise you. So that was was pretty telling. And then, uh, you know, you and I were texting back and forth on Clemson, uh difference between Lawrence to, you know, the kid they're starting now. Uwe Ungalele. Yeah, see, that's why you're professional. Uh, <laughs> about four points is what I said before the game. That's where I was like, I texted, I was like, yeah, it might be a little bit more than four points because uh, they're good. Yeah, uh, that was that was not good by. Uh, I just call him DJU, but I think it's Uyunglele, Uyunglele. Yeah, easy for me to say. Uh, hey, look, all I know is my guys, my Tennessee Vols did not cover, um, and we're we're a two point dog to Pitt. That's all you need to know about the state of Tennessee football is that we're a two point dog to Pitt. 
Doesn't get any worse. Okay. A couple of games for you than the pizza money parlay. Um, Texas. So this was an interesting one last week. I think you had Texas minus the nine. Did you not? I believe we did. And then they had not, they were a nine point favorite against the rage of Cajuns of, uh, you la la, right. You la la. Uh, now they are taking on the Razorbacks of Arkansas. And it is a six and a half point spread. The Texas Longhorns are a six and a half point favorite. They had a really good showing in week one. You like Texas week two, find a six and a half. Yeah, I just don't understand this line at all. I mean, Texas should be favored by 14 on the road here. I mean, Texas did nothing but upgrade themselves last week after they eventually handily beating a really good team, Choppy and you la la. That team's probably not going to lose another football game. No. So I don't think they're uh, Meanwhile, Arkansas scuffled. You know, with the Rice team, you know, that isn't even one of the top 100 teams in the country. Now, they did eventually, you know, cover and handle them, too. So, I'm not trying to poo-poo Arkansas's win. But the matter in which they had the win, getting three turnovers, right, that's not going to happen against Texas. They're not going to run for 400 yards against Texas. And we don't use transitive properties to handicap games. You shouldn't do that if you actually want to win. But the type, this is one of those styles, make fights type comparison, right? And Arkansas needs to be able to run the ball to be successful. And Texas, even though they weren't great last year defensively, they did finish 27th against the run. And they started off strong again uh, last Saturday, holding Eula Lauder just 2.6 yards per carry. So I also like the the play that I saw of Texas quarterback. He did have some freshman moments, right, that he needs to iron out. But going into an SEC environment for a second game is going to be a tough challenge. I think that's why we're getting the discount price. But overall – I just think I see Arkansas having too hard of a time scoring the football uh, through the air. They're not going to be able to run if they get behind. So they're going to have to yeah. try to score through the air. That's not their thing. So I'm going to say hook them on Saturday. All right. The Texas Longhorns minus six and a half against Arkansas. How about Georgia Southern? Uh, they are a seven point dog to Florida Atlantic. This is not Lane Kiffin's Florida Atlantic Owls or whatever. This is this is this is not that. This is Georgia Southern just getting seven points. Uh, do you like Georgia Southern? Or do you like FAU to cover this one? Love Georgia Southern here. They're getting undervalued because of a lackluster week one performance. Again, that overreaction thing against Gardner Webb. But at the end of the day, they were controlling the game the whole time. They were getting some young guys in. They were getting some seniors in that deserve some PT, right? So they didn't have blowing them out, but they did handle them, uh, you know, quite easily. You know, Florida Atlantic did just get beat, but they did cover against Florida backdoor. That stung for sure. But that gave them a slight upgrade. But that that my issue is that spread was 23 points of Florida, and they backdoored it. Well, it would only be 22 if Florida played uh, Georgia Southern. So somehow we're getting a downgrade here for Georgia Southern. They're going to be plus seven at Florida Atlantic, a team that they're better than anyway. I don't I don't understand this line. Again, I love Georgia Southern here. Georgia Southern, a couple fun facts about them. They own the state of Florida. Uh, in fact, the last time they went to the state of Florida was 2014. They beat Florida in Florida. They haven't lost a game in the state of Florida since like 2003. So Georgia wow. Southern going to Florida to play any school. They don't care. They also own Conference USA. They are 17 and nine straight up all time versus Conference USA. And they're also 10 and six in their last 16 non-conference games, ATS. On the flip side of that, Florida Atlantic, same time frame, four and nine ATS in their non-conference games. That's only 31%. That's pretty terrible. Coupling all that with the fact that their agreement across correlated 
of all of our algorithms. And, again, we're just getting the better team and seven points. We're going to say go Eagles. All right, go Georgia Southern. And finally, one of my favorites every single week, the pizza money parlay. Oregon plus 14 and a half. Georgia Southern plus 225 on the money line. And then Buffalo without their coach, Lance, who has moved on to Kansas, where they rush the field uh, against what South Dakota a couple weeks ago. Buffalo plus 430 on the money line. I'm intrigued by the Oregon number. I think the Oregon number is interesting because it's beyond the two touchdowns. It's a great number for a dog. Uh, At least you would think it is. But beyond that, you know, this is kind of the team where like, you know, the up the fun upstart gets a little bit of love. And then the old dog on the block, the big boy just smacks him down into, into reality and wins by 35 points. Like, I could really see that happening. Yeah. I mean, I can see it going either way. Uh, this is our fun. This is the fun part, right? This is the pizza money parlay. Like Chubb said at the beginning, it's pizza money. So whatever your pizza money is, you and your boys having pizza, I, you can only throw five on it. Well, guess what? This is a $5 parlay for you. If you can throw 10 on it, if you're the guy, you know, that's got the good job and you're throwing 20 on it, it's a $20 parlay. Whatever it looks like, right? So whatever your pizza money is, that's what it is. It's for fun but choppy. This Three-game parlay pays you 31 to 1. Woo! 31. We're coming out swinging, baby. Swinging. If we hit this one, we're set for the whole year. So we are coming out swinging on this three-game. Now, your normal three-game parlay only pays you 6 to 1. That's because the books are like to scam, which, first of all, the reason why we put this in here, parlays are suckers bet, right? You should just be doing them for fun. If they're part of your normal betting strategy, you're doing it wrong. But if you want to have some fun, this is why we do it. We give you some live dogs. Well, we think are live dogs. Sometimes longer odds, sometimes shorter odds. But a little bit of money, have some fun. Because, again, it's a sucker's bet anyway. But you might as well try to get paid big time. If you're going to play the lottery, Choppy, you might as well play the lottery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, look, I love it. I mean, the Buffalo plus 430, the Georgia Southern plus 225. Those are huge, huge dogs, man. I mean, we're not, you know, you would never, I mean, do you even, let's just go like, I know this is college, so you'll see this in college. Do you ever see a plus 430 in the NFL? Not unless it's live betting. Right. You would see plus three something, maybe, maybe. That'd be Jacksonville against Kansas City, plus 350. Yeah, check, check back on Houston around week 10. When they go to Cleveland, they might be about plus 300. <laughs> yeah, that might, that because I think I saw the look headline on that. They were like 16-point dogs. Yeah. Yeesh. Okay, there we go. Texas minus six. Georgia Southern plus seven. Those are regular straight up bets. Uh, well, single game bets. And your pizza money parlay, just 10 bucks. That's what we're doing. That's what I'm doing. 10 bucks. Oregon plus 14 and a half. Georgia Southern money line plus 225. Buffalo money line plus 430. $10 will get you 310. Wow. Wow. What a day. What a show. Greatness. All right, Bo, thank you, man. This has uh, been a fantastic NFL week one edition of the football 401k. I am RJ Choppy. You can find me at RJ Choppy on Twitter. Bo, where can we find you? At FGH Vegas on Twitter. You can also find us at thefootballgloryhole.com and our podcast, the FGH podcast, anywhere. And I mean anywhere you find podcasts.
All right, that'll do it for us on this week one edition of NFL week one edition of the football 401k. Talk to you next week. I'm RJ Choppy. He is Bo Repka. See you later, boys and girls. Let's win some money.